What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 113 of the VK Bros with Jason and Alex Von Cannell on a uh, rainy Saturday morning. It's not rainy here yet. It's on its way. It's definitely on its way because on the way up here, there was absolutely hammering down and therefore the uh, highway was a car park, especially going southbound because like you said, it's a long weekend this weekend too. Mm. So what is it? Is it? It's Queen's birthday this weekend, isn't it? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure this Monday is supposed to be Queen's birthday, which I thought is a bit poor form, being that she's not going to have any more birthdays. And didn't we get a day last week for the opposite of her birthday? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, welcome to Saturday. How's your week, dude? Uh, I had yesterday off, being Friday, and I went down to Gold Coast. It was a car park as well. Right. I think I averaged like 30 kilometers an hour. Yeah, okay. But this morning was good. I had two customers in this morning, uh, done one deal, probably getting the other one done early next week nice uh it's been very busy on the like lots and lots and lots of uh inquiry okay cool. it's good and the shed is chock-a-block full of cars mm-hmm. uh i've got that really special vtss i think i was gonna yeah. announce last time so a yeah. 2000 model vtss commodore manual done 150,000 k's a one owner with every single dollar that's ever been spent on the car yeah. documented and it looks mint in a big folder and it is mint it yeah. is mint so um that one's up on the website if you want to check it out, uh, autobros.com.au. Have a look. Um, sourced a car for some clients as well. Made mm-hmm. their life a lot easier. So if, you, if you're looking for a new car uh, and you don't want to go into a dealership and get um, mucked around, hit me up and I can I can help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a good week. Nice. I've had a big week of family stuff this week because of school holidays at the moment. And because of that, you're spending a lot more time with your children. And I see why parents always want school holidays to be over so like the kids can go back to school and stuff because i'm done i've had had enough of the kids um this morning we went to paradise country on the goal where is that so paradise country is behind movie world okay in helensville i think is suburb but uh that's got like farm animals and but they're sort of branching out i thought it was like an australiana type thing but now they've got like monkeys they've got meerkats so there's a few bits and pieces right. of that. So it's a zoo. Pretty much. But uh, it was one of Amanda's friend's daughter's birthday. So we went for that this morning. And they do koala photos. So this thing called a koala breakfast. So you... You eat koalas for breakfast? Yeah, I think they serve yeah. them up. They're part of the chipolatas. But do you, you eat breakfast while there's a koala there sitting there. It's just super hygienic. And <laughs> they, they give you like a talk on it. And the chlamydia dripping off of them yeah, onto yeah. your food. It is, it is chlamydia that they've all yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. It? It's not syphilis. It's chlamydia. No, it's, the, no, it's chlamydia. Right. Um, and anyway, and then you part of the, the package is they give you a koala photo. And what's funny is the last time we got a koala photo done, Nate was about the same age that Jake is now. So right. Jake is seven months. And in while we were waiting in the line, Nate fell asleep. For the photo. So in the photo, he's fast asleep. So this time around, we're like, let's get up there earlier because we don't want Jake to fall asleep so we can at least get a decent family photo with Jake awake. And of course, there's a big line. And then by the time we get to the front, Jake falls fast asleep. Nate's like getting a little bit over it because he doesn't like waiting in lines. And a key member of the photo, being the koala, seemed over it as well. So the the setup was that uh, I was going to hold the koala standing this way. And then Nate was going to be on a box in front of me and then Amanda and Jake in behind. Anyway, this koala was not a fan of me at all. So they, they tell you to put your, like, 
clasp your fingers together mm-hmm. and put them sort of on your belly so it gives something for the bum to sit on and then they like drape their arms over the top of you anyway they the the girl who's holding the koala goes to put him on me and he's like leaning back like this right rearing, rearing like out. rearing back yeah. and i'm like thinking because that i'd seen them swap out a koala before so i'm like oh this one's had enough trade it in trade it out for a more compliant koala yeah. put right? that one on the bay marie <laughs> yeah yeah exactly serve that one up at tomorrow's koala yeah. breakfast but no, they try again. So they try again. And the more they try, the more agitated I can see the koala getting. And like, I've got my hands clasped down here at my stomach thinking, this thing wants, like, it's got big claws. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If this yeah. wants to have a go, am I going to have to drop this koala <laughs> in front of all these kids? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and Amanda can tell too that it's not good. So <laughs> once the photo's taken, so after, I think it was fourth time lucky putting on, they ended up giving him to a bloke and the bloke's come to put him on me. And I don't know why that's calmed him down a bit. But, so four time lucky, we get the photo taken. I've got the most, like, nervous poker face look on my face, which I think the koala's got the same look on his face, because we're both like, we're not happy with this, this situation. Amanda's cradling Jake in, like, protecting the baby, and Nate's just like, ugh, yeah. at the front, because he's over it at this point in time. It doesn't look that bad. The Nate Nate's der look yeah, is his mugshot look. Yeah, yeah. but... Um, what was not, what was really disconcerting is the the girl who's trying to hand him over to me the first three times and it doesn't work. She goes, "Oh, sometimes they just know." What the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> just know what? What is this koala supposed to know? Like, am I a threat or like what? What is she implying? Yeah, I don't I don't get it. And then I was thinking to man, I'm like, oh my. Does the koala sense that I've been a bit stressed out with the kids this week or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, it could be that, like, yeah, you just wanted... The the koala knew that you were going to drop it. Maybe. Maybe the koala could smell the fact that all I ate for breakfast was animal products. Like eggs, bacon, sausages. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so, look, at least it didn't scratch my face off. But I honestly thought that we were going to have a problem. (laughs) Like, the third time when they're trying to put it on me, I'm like, why are we persisting with this? It... This animal clearly doesn't want to want to do this. There's heaps out the back. Yeah, go get another one. Go and get another one. Get I paid good money. Get me another koala. Get, that's right. Get this rat bag yeah, out yeah, and get right. a fresh one. This in. one's a problem, and now we've got this problem in our photo forever. <laughs> it doesn't look that bad. The photo does not look that bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, it's, it's even right. with your little spiel about it, it's not as bad as I was expecting. It's a funny memory, at least. Oh, but actually, sure. what what is funny though is that. Um, when they went, when they gave us the photos, because they included as part of the package, they actually gave us a single just of me and the koala because they realised how uncomfortable the rest of the family looked. So they cut them out and made it like a single one. So yeah, that was that was a bit fun. Um, speaking of, you should have asked for. I wanted to see that one. That's the one I wanted to see. Well, it's the same photo. It's just zoomed in on. Me, oh, okay. Um, they should have just zoomed in on Amanda and the kids to see how scared she is, yeah. asleep Jake is, and over at Nate is. Um, speaking of family things, last weekend we went to a, a another birthday, and it was the first event that we'd been to, which, well, sorry, first event I've been to, which was one of Nate's kindy buddies' birthdays. Yep. So we've gone to their house and, like, awesome setup. They had a jumping castle, and I'd made the quip to the guy, like, oh, I bet that was cheap to hire. At the moment, considering what happened last time, uh, you know what I'm referring to? Nope. Oh, the one in Tasmania that flew away and killed kids? Oh. You remember that? Yeah, that I do like, remember that. Yeah, it was like 12 months ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was cheap. You know, jumping castles, like 200 bucks to hire I thought it'd be more that. expensive because there's one less jumping castle available. Uh, yeah. Because it's in orbit. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway, so we're, so I'm making friends with all these new people, right? So I know the parents a little bit just from meeting them at, at Kindy. The kids are all having a good time. And we're just sitting around and having a couple of drinks and everyone's talking. And Do you know what a mummy makeover is? Hell no. No, so I didn't either, right? So we're talking and one of the girls was talking about how... Because they've all got, either got kids or about to have kids, like everyone's pregnant, we're all around the same age. Anyway, one of the girls talking about having a mummy makeover and like I'm not really paying that much attention, but I'm being nice, right? So I'm being receptive and, you know, trying to put your best foot mm. forward, right? Anyway, we get home and Amanda's like, oh, so what do you think about like the, the mummy makeover? I'm like, what is a mummy makeover? And she's like, it's fake tits. So, so a mummy makeover is because the kids just suck the life out of them. Right. Once you've finished having children, you get new ones. Now, then I start having, I start thinking back on, did I sound way too supportive in that yeah, conversation? Like, oh, yeah, you yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever yeah. whatever they offer you, just get more. That's like, right. You know like, what? Like, but yeah, you deserve it. You really should get it done. Yeah, like, yeah. I just thought I must, I may have looked like the world's biggest creep. I don't know. So maybe that's what the koala was sensing. Yeah, potentially. Maybe it needed a koala makeover. But I also note that we haven't been invited back this weekend, so maybe uh, maybe I cause problems. Sounds like a win-win to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fully, fully. Um, so, should, was there anything that you want to start off with this week? Optus. Optus. Yeah, that's big news. Would you like to outline the? Are uh, you with stories? Optus? No, I used to be. So I am with Optus. Right now, the interesting thing. So for those that don't know, Optus got uh, breached and uh, stacks of um, customer information got leaked Mm -hmm. and um, they want a ransom. Apparently it's only a million dollars. Really? Yeah, yeah. so they said that person obviously is not from Sydney because that wouldn't buy them. No. um, Eight eight, eight months months. rent, yeah. So there's a lot of data breach bad, right? We Mm -hmm. We can all agree on that. But a lot of questions are being raised now around this things like should optus have to pay uh for all because i think victoria said that optus will be forced to pay for all the driver's license renewals because they've got like digital driver's licenses or something might like be new south wales i can't remember whichever state one of the yeah. states said yeah they're going to pay for it and yep. they've gone uh we never agreed to that mm-hmm. like you guys just made that up there's laws they're going to try and pass uh in government to in federal government to try and make companies responsible for the, the data mm-hmm. but what I found really interesting is that in the news they're like oh it's such a hard thing to do because it's really hard to put a price on people's data and I'm like what? It's, like you can make it's money the most call. valuable commodity in the yeah. world at the moment and just go ask the next data broker mm. you know they're probably already selling that data yeah now here's the part it was I'm, I'm happy that this aspect was raised because that's all I was thinking the whole time uh, hearing hearing this so instead of uh, like us trying to make companies hold like like hold your data more securely securely hmm. why do they need the data in the first place yeah that's right like why why does why does uh optus need to have like tasha is a great point she started with optus 10 years ago yeah and yet they still have an updated driver's license hmm. why? why why that's right why Yep. So it makes it makes no sense. So my big push is like, we need to be real 
uh, about how valuable our data is. Mm-hmm. Now, she got hacked, I didn't. Yeah. And I wonder if I didn't because I went through that facial ID thing when I upgraded to my business account. Maybe. So I wonder if it's, because I didn't get any of the warnings. Anyway, yeah. her phone's been getting smashed. People yeah. trying to access her accounts. Right. And, like, and two-factor authentication has like, yep. um, has kicked in. So it's it's troubling. And mm. if you think about the data that you have access to, it's more than enough to create an identity. You've yeah, got yeah, 150 yeah. points of ID, which mm. is all you need to, to yeah, set up a bank account, set up a credit yeah. card. Yeah. You know, um, so that's that's very, very concerning. And why do they need it? You're paying your bills. Yeah. You're doing everything right. Why do you need? Yeah. I, I actually find the timing of this very, very interesting because, and this is this is putting the tinfoil hat on a little bit, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk all around the world at the moment for from governments wanting to go to digital identification. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Optus has been hacked, I, I assume Optus's online system security is probably stronger than the government's. Probably. Because yeah. as a private business, they are liable for certain yep. things. Government ain't. It's yep. taxpayer money. That is like, oh, finance, okay. Like, yeah, that's the talent, and also the talent goes to the people that pay the most. That's right, which is the private sector. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I find it very interesting. And I think, in a way, there's a massive benefit at large to this because I think that the, the sales tool for all these digital identifications that literally all the governments around the world are pulling is... It's safe, secure, and it's easy and convenient for you, the regular punter. And now I wonder if people might think a little, think twice about it. Because, so like you're saying, the amount of data you can pull from just the Optus account is enough to literally steal someone's identity, make a credit card, rack it up, all those things. Yep. Imagine what you, the data you could pull from a digital identification from the government. That's going to have all the same stuff as Optus, Plus, it's going to have your medical records. Plus, it's going to have your tax file number, your tax file number, your traffic history. Everything's going to be linked. So, it's I, I find it very interesting that it's this point in time that that's happened. But especially I don't with a rant of only a million bucks, that, that like that seems to be such chump change. Yeah, but I, like I that. get that. I so it would obviously. The hack has probably come from someone from a lower socioeconomic country who's found an exploitation, Mm -hmm. exploited it, and a million dollars to them is a lot lot of money. money. So it could be, there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, Eastern European countries is very big, could be North Korea. You know, they they have, like, data centers filled with with hackers. So to, to add to your point, I don't think that is going to be the catalyst for that digital identity change because it's the wrong marketing message. Because you're saying, "Hey, don't trust, don't trust companies with your data." It's going to be very hard to say, "Well, trust us with your data." No, because no, that's, the- that's what I mean. I mean, I don't mean it's a good thing for the governments. I think it's a good thing for the people to wake people up to the ah, fact that see, your yeah, data see, can be breached that easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, governments like. Governments do not have a good track record when it comes to this sort of technology. No. At all, especially in around, around security. Yeah. So I hope that a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm all for digital ID, are now like, hang on a minute, Optus just got hacked. Yeah. The government's going to get hacked for sure. Because remember what happened with the COVID Safe app? The COVID Safe app got hacked on like day two. 
Did it get Do hacked? Do you remember that? I don't remember It that. did. Yeah, it was like the second day or something like that that it was out there. It got hacked. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I, I hope there's a bit of an eye-opener for people who might be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, safety, convenience, it's all good. Now, it's funny because the, the crypto community has been talking about digital identity for a while. Yep. Because there's a big argument, and we have spoken about on on this before, but there there needs to be a method for businesses or people that you interact with online to know and guarantee that you are in fact a person and not a bot. Yep. And that if you are engaging in business online, you intend to follow through with that business. Yes. Okay. So there there is uh, an argument for that, but. The beauty of crypto or cryptography is that there are ways that which you can keep your data private between two entities. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of what I would like to see. I I have this vision in my head of a almost like a personalized NFT, mm -hmm. but with so you know how you know how on your uh, like your browser on your phone it's got your name, address, your phone number, everything all is 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 built in, so it's easy to fill out a form. Yeah. I want to have one of those that's cryptographically secure mm -hmm. and it obfuscates all the data that's not needed yeah. to make that transaction. For example, if you use Steam, uh, that gaming platform, yeah. to buy a digital game, yeah. you do not, they do not need your home address. They shouldn't even need your okay. name. No. No. It just like, why so, would you? So this, so this thing would say, yes, I am a person. Yeah. And yes, I'm intending on moving forward with this transaction. Mm -hmm. You don't need anything else. Yeah. And then I'd like to see in a world where, let's say, let's say you ordered a pair of shoes online, and, they, and therefore they need your name and address to mm -hmm. send the stuff. I'd like there to be the ability for those uh, that information to automatically destruct itself after a certain amount of time. Yeah. See, this is it's fascinating. A lot of things are happening all at the same time. Have you heard about the Facebook Pay thing? No. So Facebook Pay, you should go on your phone while, while you do this. Facebook just brought out a thing called Facebook Pay. And it's a way of paying using Facebook. And I saw this alert that got um, one of my friends shared it online about how they had donated to the bushfire appeal. And now Facebook Pay has come out with this new thing. And their credit card details were already in the system. So I went in and checked mine. Sure enough, I had donated to the same bushfire appeal. And my credit card details were kept in there. So Facebook's had my credit card details the entire time. So if you've ever paid anything or donated or anything through the Facebook platform, they've got your credit card details. Yeah, but I, I think you'd find if you looked in your settings, you'll see that your credit card details are there. I don't think so. Why would you put your credit card details in for Facebook? Uh, so mine doesn't have any of that. So if I go, I go Facebook Pay. Yeah. So that comes up, view your previous purchases, change payment settings, and if I click it, it doesn't go anywhere. Oh, hold on, it goes there. Yeah, so, okay. So you've got, so your PayPal details are in there, but you don't, so if I go settings, you must not have actually paid for anything through No, because I hate before. giving to those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a good person, Alex is not. Well, no, uh, why would you give to something that's covered already? This, uh, I, 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 I'm going to say this. covered already? So like, uh, bushfire appeal? Yeah. Most of the stuff is covered under insurance. Yeah, and like most of the insurance companies try to hold out as long as they possibly can. Yeah, but you, but that's, it's covered. I don't need. I like the idea of of gathering distributed funds to help causes. I yeah. think it's a good idea. Yeah. 
but I'm not giving to someone that is going to get the money anyway. Like, they're going to get the money. But they well, may not. If you look look at the floods, for example, floods are like, a lot of people applied for flood relief from the government got nothing. Yeah, they're going to get it. When? Eventually, they're going to get it. Okay, Let, let's not get in the weeds. Let's go back to the topic at hand. Because yeah. I, I think a lot of this... So I don't think... I, I'm not surprised that if you've used your credit card, your credit card is, is, is stored. Because I you'll am find, surprised. Because, because you'll find that... If, well, let me finish. You'll find that on just about every form that you fill out online does the same thing. Yeah, but what is what is concerning for me is that I don't think that, at least at the time, my recollection, I didn't realise that this particular fundraiser was a Facebook-based fundraiser and they were then going to store my details. So it's like that was 2018 or something? Everyone years stored ago. your details. Every time you're using your face... Uh, your, your and that is wrong because that Great. opens you up to being hacked like the Optus thing. And that's why, I mean, uh, Android in... Apple came up with, like Apple Pay is actually quite secure because it encrypts your um, and obfuscates your credit card number. Yeah. And it basically creates a one-off token to say, hey, or it, it, like a one-off card number. Yep. So you can't grab that. It's actually, yeah. it's very secure in that way. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think we need to be doing with our identity. Mm-hmm. And there's no, so Europe is kind of moving this way. Europe is, is very much about trying to protect the individual's um, privacy. Mm. And they're pushing for some laws that, like, they were the first people to kick out these cookie laws. Right. So cookies, I don't know if everyone knows, but you know you know how the, the internet's broken because every website you go to, you have to say, no yeah. more cookies. Cookies will identify you and track you for the other use of the internet, like, yep. like follow you through the internet. Yep. And then they sell that data to marketing companies yep. to then push you ads on Little drop downs, yeah. So, when you guys understand, like when you go and you search for a some sort of toy for your kids and online, yeah, and then you log into Facebook and then your sponsored ads are literally that product that's from the cookies, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Europe is is big on, on trying to outlaw that. I think they've got that through, so I think yeah. that's changing because I know Google and Facebook are freaking out because a lot of their revenue is yeah. based on targeted ads, yeah. So if you're now a company that pays these big companies to get uh, targeted ads, you're not getting them anymore. You're not getting them in Europe at least. Yeah. And I kind of think that we should go that way. I don't I don't think it's fair. Why do they get to monetize and we don't? Mm-hmm. Why does our data get to be packaged up and sold to data brokers that's that sold right. to, yep. uh, to companies? Mm-hmm. But I have heard a lot of people say, no, I want targeted ads. I want, tar- I want people to show me stuff that I like and I, I don't want to be shown stuff that I don't like. And I kind of cop that argument as well. Yeah. But I would also say that it's not a fair uh, exchange when you give up your data for free yeah. only so that they can show you some stuff. It's worth yeah. far more to them than it that's is right. to you. And that's another thing that Apple's done pretty well because Apple's just brought in those new security protocols where you it will ask you if every single time you download, download a new app, it'll say, this app wants to track you all over the internet. Are you okay mm. with that? And you can select no, and it'll actually stop yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think the that, European Union made them do that. Well, I think it's Apple themselves. Because I know Apple and Facebook have had a lot of brouhaha's lately yeah. over things like security of personal data and that sort of thing. Because Apple's like, why Why would we help the metas of the world just take more money from our customers? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make well, any sense. Well, you know that Apple's going to put ads into the iOS yeah, of course. system, yeah. which will suck. So Maps is going to have ads on it yeah awesome so ad revenue ad ad 
So what's it going to be? Is it going to be like you put in an address and it's like, on the way, you'll go past this McDonald's. Yeah. And yeah, 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 totally, totally. Is it bad that the first two things that came to mind were McDonald's <laughs> and Krispy Kreme? Today's trip is proudly sponsored by Krispy Kreme Donuts. Yeah, 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 true. So, yeah, going back to the identity thing, look, I think... I think people need to take their um, data far more serious. Mm-hmm. It was funny. I, I said how upset I was when I had to put my face down on to set up a phone account. Yeah, it's for mental, man. Thirty bucks a month, you know. Yeah. Uh, and like, there's no way out. Like, well, how about if I just pay you for ten years in advance and you yeah. just give me the service for ten years? Do I have to do that? Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, what if I want to opt out of the facial recognition? And they said, well, we like the system does not let you do any new accounts without facial recognition. Yeah. Wow. So th- I mean, that's. There are scary elements. I don't want to... I'm not the guy... I do believe we should go to digital identity because it makes sense to be digital as opposed to having a, a, a card. If you think about it, that is quite stupid. But I do also understand that there is threats, like new threats that arise when you move everyone's data online. Yeah, because what happens when the power goes out and then you can't confirm who you are? That's a problem. So like having a having a card going, hey, this is me. Mm. That's got your picture on it. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense in a lot of regards. Yeah. Um, like there's already been stories of you know with uh, certain companies for like during COVID when a lot of companies went to cashless payments only, and then there were people trying to buy like groceries and stuff like that, and the FPOS system was down, and they're like, we can't take your money. A car I got cash. No, it's cashless payment. Yeah, it's so crazy. Right? The, the, it causes yeah. that. It, it, it opens up new problems. But that wasn't even a government thing. That's, that's companies being dumb. I told you about the... I had a little joke. I think it was a bit of both. I think, it, I think that the companies pushing cashless stuff was with a nudge from the government, the same as the companies were pushing the mandate. I don't think so. There's no... There's no uh, being a business owner, there is nothing... There's no correspondence that comes to businesses to tell you to do that stuff. Only big businesses. No, but I, I think it's mostly small businesses that are doing the that are um, moving away from cash. It's mostly no, small stuff. So. No, well, look, uh, all Coles, Woolies, and the big boys like they all went to cashless payments during the during the pandemic. During pandemic, but I mean, I'm talking about there's still small companies now. All those guys now take cash, but there's small companies that are still trying to persevere with this cashless thing. Are they still wearing masks? Some of them are. Yeah, yeah. some of them are. <laughs> because I I joked years ago, Tasha and I went to a coffee shop, mm-hmm. brand new coffee shop, wanted to try it out. And it, it was, you know, coffee was $10. Two coffees, sorry, were $10. So I pulled out $10 to pay. Oh, sorry. And points at the sign. Like, we're not taking cash. And I said to Tasha, as a joke. I'm like, well, they won't last long. Mm. You know, 18 months later, they're gone. Yeah. And not not because... <clears throat> you should... Why, why make it harder? What, what have you got to gain by going digital only? The mm. only thing from a business owner's point of view is that you've got less risk of theft from your staff yep. pocketing the cash. Yep. But you're also cutting out a like a segment of the market. Yeah. You know, elderly people, uh, maybe some internationals that have don't have the same Visa or MasterCard. Yeah. You know? Like what well, I just don't understand what you've got to gain what by going to as a business. Like, what about little little Billy who's five years old who grandma's has given him twenty bucks for his birthday. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have a bank account. He yeah. can't go and spend money. Like yeah, it's it's just interesting to me at the moment because all around the world there are there are governments that are trying to outlaw cash payments. I think New Zealand's big on it at the moment, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I I remember hearing stories over the past couple of years about New Zealand being one pushing to try to outlaw cash at all. 
And a lot of the governments are, and this is happening in like, especially the European Union at the moment too, a lot of them are trying to bring in those central bank digital currencies because they've realized people, the appeal of crypto is that it is decentralized and relatively private. So they're like, oh, we can't have that. So they're trying to bring in their own central bank digital currencies, which are going to be less private than what Mm. crypto actually is. It's, it is a concern for me. Personally. I'm not, again, I, I am the optimist. I, I think that there are so many ways around if you want to exchange value, there are options out there. Like the oldest profession in the world? Sex. Prostitution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there, there is always going to be a way that you can transact with someone. Cash or cock. Yeah. There, there's always going to be a way that you can transact with someone that doesn't have to go through the, the government um, uh, routes. You know... Cash was one that's becoming um, much harder mm-hmm. over time. Like I said, even even in my business where a lot of people want to pay with cash, but I'm not allowed to accept over 10000 without yeah. getting you to fill out a thing about terrorism that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I know. Do you, do you know what like, I don't, like, I hate about all this stuff is, this is like minority report type shit where you, you're sort of treated like a criminal when you're not. Correct. Like you're literally just trying to buy a coffee, two coffees for 10 bucks, but it's like, Oh fuck! That person uses cash. They might be doing the wrong thing. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's and then, like that's not how you should be treating the citizen, your taxpayers. Well, that's what falls into the whole anti-crypto argument. Yeah, Every, all you hear all the time from anyone that's anti it is it's just used for drugs and online prostitution. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! Your stuff is too, bro. Yeah, <laughs> your stuff is too. And the only people that they are just all- legalized prostitution down in Victoria during the pandy. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's legalized. They can you can have street walkers in Victoria. So they should. You, you couldn't you couldn't the kids weren't allowed to play on the parks, but the adults could go and play down the brothels. Yeah, bad timing. Very bad timing. Just remember that uh, but, when the election comes up, Victorians. Um, vote Ian Cook. Um, but I'm not I'm not I'm not concerned. If you are concerned, then you need to be putting some of your net worth into crypto mm-hmm. like that if, if, if you are concerned about digital identity if you're concerned about uh, digital central currency yeah then you need to start stacking some sats and now's the best time to buy because everything's crashed i've been stacking like crazy yeah i can imagine yeah like if you've got spare cash so where everyone goes wrong is they throw everything in at times like this don't throw in so much that you can't then afford to live and especially since Cost of living is going to go up over the next few months. There'll be more rate rises. There'll be more, you know, some groceries will go up, all that sort of stuff. Fuel prices are about to go up because it's October. So, which I did see, there was a servo that's down the road from me that had unleaded fuel at $1.49 wow. a couple of days ago. And the line was down the main road. Yeah, yeah. same as up here. Yeah. At one seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, there, there is a lot of cost of living stuff that's going to be um, going up over the next few months. But... If you do have spare cash on top of all that, start investing and buy a little bit of Bitcoin. It is the best time to buy it now. Yeah, look, it, there is word that it could tank even further. They reckon it, like it could get down to 11000 It's already cheap. Yeah, uh, and that's what I know because I've been through this cycle before mm-hmm. and I've seen what happens after. Oh, I, I could have bought Bitcoin at blah, 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 and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Yeah. I am. Yeah, and that number's at blah, blah, blah now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if just want- Just buy a little bit and just hold on to it. Like, just in case you need it down the track. Well, I spoke to someone the other day who's travelling, 
and they eventually want to move to that country, how do you get your money over? Yeah, well, you have to transfer it between banks and they charge you a massive fee along yeah, the way. Yeah, like a, 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 a cross-border thing is huge. Yeah. Yet you could go, you could literally have your entire net wealth yeah. on a wallet on your phone. Mm-hmm. That, and the question is, do you have $10,000 cash on you? No, no, I don't. That's right. Um, because if you had a million dollars in the bank, they're yeah. not going to hit you off of that. If you've got a million dollars worth of um, Bitcoin, they're not going to hit you off either. Mm-hmm. And then go to a local exchange or go to a meetup and, and you could exchange it, mm. you know, yeah. um, with relatively low fees. Yes, you pay a fee for transferring Bitcoin, mm. but it's going to be much smaller than what a um, exchange is going to, like a formal cash exchange yeah, yeah, or a sure. bank, a bank transfer. So, yeah, yeah do things about it. Um, I'm actually, I was thinking about this this morning. I kind of hope that Australia moves to the EAUD, which they're talking about having mm. in the... Um, uh, Australian digital dollar, yep. as long as they it uh, is calculated at dollar for dollar rate, and mm-hmm. not because I remember back in the day when when the global financial crisis happened, my concern was that they were going to bring in a digital or, or, or like a new dollar mm-hmm. that was worth four of the old ones. So yeah, yeah, yeah. put four in to get one out, and that was yep. a way to correct the economy. Yeah, never happened. Had but that's what happened with the euro. Yeah, yeah, and it could happen. Now, with yeah, the EAUD. it could. So, I mean, yeah. keep an eye on and make sure that that one AUD is equal to a one EAUD. But where I'm kind of excited about digital uh, sovereign dollars is purely just going to be an ease of ability to trade on them in on crypto markets. Because I'd like to think that they're going to be treated like uh, I don't want another one. Uh, they, they, they're going to be treated like crypto coins, I would assume, and therefore I'll, I'll be able to do... Like, I'd love to go buy some e-British pounds now. Oh, yeah. Because they're almost at parity with the American dollar, which hasn't happened for... Ever. Ever. And um, I just don't have a, 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 a currency platform set up, so that would be kind of cool to have it all in all in one... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, it's... and then that would negate some of the. That would actually add some of the features, I believe, where you don't have, you shouldn't have these gatekeepers for exchange, when you should be able to just exchange like hot swap on a digital exchange. Yeah, for sure. It, like it's interesting, isn't it? it? The world seems to be changing at a rapid rate at the moment, and like. It's like while everyone's been very distracted over the last two years, there's a lot of change coming very, very quickly. And what I find interesting too about, like looking at the UK, for example, the moves, have you been reading much about the moves they're making in their economy? Just reduction in corporate tax? They're literally going the opposite way as everyone else. So when I say everyone else, I mean all the other Western countries. So they are trying to essentially reduce costs to therefore stimulate uh, growth in the economy. Right. That's what they're trying to do. And from all of the coverage that I've seen, I've seen nothing but people like rubbishing that idea. Yeah, which I find is crazy. Yes. And what I again find so fascinating about England compared to us, compared to America, 
England keeps they they continue to keep making decisions which seem to put their people first. Mm. Right? So when I look at the COVID situation, in regards to the vaccines, the English were far more um, wary up front and they were more methodical and their data has been a lot more methodical as well. For sure. Yep. And they have responded much faster than other yep. nations. Yep. Right? I'll pay that. Which is something for their people. This uh, way of trying to correct their economy by reducing costs to stimulate growth, again, is for the people. It's like... In Australia, we are literally increasing the cost of living to try to stop inflation. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We're increasing interest rates. It's increasing mortgages, rent prices. And that is supposed to, like, literally, you can't spend more money because you can't afford to. That's decreasing quality of living. Mm-hmm. Whereas the UK, technically, would be increasing the quality yeah. of living for their people. And I find it fascinating that all of these pundits around the world i.e. Australia and America, are saying what the UK doing uh, are doing is crazy and they should never do it. And that's why, like, when you see the pound reducing so quickly, a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's, that's as a result of all the decisions. Well, no, it's because it's currency traders, which are, a lot of people are doing shorts on the pound at the moment, and they are literally trying to reduce the value of it to then justify the decisions they're making in their country. We know, it's fascinating. But you know the other big advantage of having a pound through the floor everyone wants to invest in your country correct Mm -hmm. and your uh, exports are um, far more attractive now that's right so just having a look uh, so the pound versus the US dollar over the last five years it's down 16% is that it? Uh, over the life that's a pretty bad trend. So, mm-hmm. so over, I, I did all, which goes back to, from, to 1980 to now, has dropped 53%. Okay. Which may, and there is like a clear trend line that runs, that, that runs downward. Yeah. That would illustrate to me that it's probably not coming back. But then the question is asked, is that such a bad thing? No, it might not be. It might not be. Especially when you consider the fact that like, literally every single country in the world is in massive amounts of debt at the moment. That going all the way down right now, what does that allow? Foreign investment, foreign purchases of your product, foreign money stimulating your yeah. economy. That's a good thing when you're in bucket loads of debt. Having a, a currency which makes you out of reach to other nations is a terrible thing. Yeah. When you're, because, look, I'm not an economics major. I, I don't have a clue. But in my mind, I go... I've got two options to pay down my national debt. Can, do I want my people to pay it down or do I want someone else to pay it down? Yeah, get foreign. I'll take money. someone else oh. every day of the week. Same as why tourism is so good for a country. Yeah, you, yeah. You just bring all this overseas money yeah. and, and tap it in. And what's that going to do to the UK tourist market? Should yeah. go through the roof. Because all of a sudden, it's now affordable. People wanted to go there beforehand when yeah. it was unaffordable. Now it's affordable. Uh, Australian dollars at 64 cents, US cents. So it's not just that the UK dollar is weak. The US dollar is very strong. So it's at 98 euro, 98 cents euro. Mm -hmm. Um, So it probably means that there's a little bit of confidence in America. Now, this is what I wanted to say about the, a lot of uh, backlash against the Liz Truss. Liz Truss, yeah. The new prime minister of uh, the UK. 
is this type of stimulus is exactly what Trump will do when he gets back in in 2024. Yeah, I agree. And people won't say the same things about Trump Well, that they're saying about trust. Yeah, and it's funny too because, like, I see a lot of people going, oh, they're only talking about Liz Trust this way because she's a woman. And there's probably legs that. to that. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. If Trump, if Trump would do the same thing, right? Because yeah. he just wants that. He just wants that volume. He wants people. He wants velocity of money. That's right. So lower taxes, get people spending, get yeah. the investment, all the things that you listed before. Yeah. Now it does. It can create a bubble. We were in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Bubble times are great fun for investors. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Very rich. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, now when the bubble pops, not so much fun. But I think there's a key difference because bubbles, economic bubbles like that are really bad when you've got low interest rates, which is causing far more investment money coming in. Sure. And then you've also got Not the other assets. That's right. Mm. Whereas at the moment, like they're still raising interest rates in the UK. Yeah. Right. Central banks are still raising the rates. So you've got the situation where the rates are going up, but the cost of living isn't being affected that much by for the people. Mm. So then the people have some extra money they can go then throw into the economy, which will hopefully cause some growth. Whereas like we're 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 gonna go into a recession in Australia. We have to. Yeah. With what we're doing at the moment, we have to. Like we're um did the rates go up again this week? I can't I didn't I didn't, I didn't get a notification. Them. I don't think so. I don't think they met. Maybe, Maybe it's this coming problems. week. Yeah, but I'm sure they're going to go up again. Yeah, for sure. Like my my mortgage has gone up by five hundred dollars a month. Yeah, that's Probably, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that I can't then go and invest into the economy, and they get tax revenue, and someone gets some profit, and like it's all that is doing is decreasing my quality of life and decreasing the amount of money I have to then go and stimulate other businesses. Whereas the UK, I really like what they're doing. Like for the people. It's we'll keep an eye on it. I know they've got some big problems, like their their power, for example. So, and I'd heard this on the news. I didn't believe it at first, but I'd heard it through a friend that sister is over there. Her power went up a hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, and that's never happened because ever, they raised ever, ever. energy caps, didn't they? Yes, yes, but the market price. I hate these caps. I hate the caps. I hate yeah. the caps because. The market price has just gone through the roof, even though the commodities themselves, like oil, is yeah. down to like seventy. Depending on, depending on which uh, market you're looking at, some it's below seventy US dollars a barrel. Uh, sorry, below eighty dollars a US barrel, and some is just over eighty dollars yeah. US a barrel. So we, by rights, Australia should probably be paying a dollar forty nine. That's probably the real price of fuel. Yeah, but because they can get us. They're going to get us. Do you know what we should be looking at? Share price of the fuel companies. I'll look it up. If the share price is going up, the value of the cost of oil barrels is going down, but the price of fuel is going up, we know what the problem is. Yeah, but share price is not exactly correlate uh, to profits of a of a company. Yeah, but when people generally invest in things when they see an upside coming. No, 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 no. No, no. It's weird how it, it kind of doesn't work like that. Uh, let's look at Brent crude, Brent crude, uh, year to date. So it's, it's up 4%, $85. Mm -hmm. And then let's check maybe BP, BP, BP on the New York stock exchange. 
is drumroll please no it hasn't see it hasn't done anything it just ebbs and flows and stays at the same sort of point. yeah okay it's okay. not really doing anything interesting so but yeah uh share price is more about market sentiment than it is about yeah and confidence results and my my argument on anyone that wants to start doing some trading if you read bad news about something buy yeah go and buy if you read good news about something sell mm. so yeah i mean it's we will keep an eye i'll keep an eye on what the uk yep. markets do, uh do what are we now 2022 so we're a couple of years away from from trump coming back, trump coming back. <laughs> <laughs> And and we'll see what that sort of looks like. I wonder if that brings forward the uh, Bitcoin top because it should be by by rights we're in a bear market and it's usually four years until the next one. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of momentum built. Yeah, I look. What is going to be fascinating and what is, I think, going to affect a lot of things around the world and a lot of the different subjects we speak about is the US midterm elections, which is coming up yeah. fairly soon. I think it's November or something yeah. like that. There is there is going to be a lot of flow and effects from these elections if the anticipated Republican wave comes through. Yeah. And that will affect a lot of things. And I wouldn't be surprised if cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin value is one of them because and the entire stock market well yeah it's been very closely correlated now yeah yeah absolutely and I mean like you just the market confidence just isn't there under under Democrat rule and you're seeing the results of that what's my what's my my avatar picture on signal oh, the picture of Biden was is it the thumbs up with all the stock markets in the red yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah look it's just it's just mental like um, under, unfortunately, the Democratic government and look every every Democrats Republicans. This is a fair bit of corruption going on overall, but it appears that the Democrats are just happy to print money and fork it over to certain businesses, which they're doing really well, like mm. your Lockheed Martins of the world, and yeah. you know the military industrial complex is in full swing. But yeah. for everyone else, they seem to be suffering. Speaking of corruption, should we talk about? Uh, the announcement that Albanese made this week. Yes. So he has made good on his promise of a national ICAC. Yeah. And they have presented, I don't know if it's the legislation's passed yet or not, or whether or not it will pass. Uh, but yeah, he has brought his election promise to the fore. So I've got to give props. Got to give props. Yep. By the sounds of it, it does have teeth, which was one of the big concerns prior to yeah. the bringing forth of the legislation. It does have the ability to do transparent public hearings too. Yeah, I wasn't that. Um, it wasn't enough in my book, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, I don't think it's not going to be the standard. It's going to be ten percent of the cases potentially, yep. but at least it's something. Yep. At least it's in the legislation. And look, at the end of the day, he promised he would do it, and he's done it. And when was the election? March, April. Mm. So, like, so it's only it's within six months of coming in. And he had a chip at the Liberal government who said they would bring it in after last election and they just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. That's going to be something that's going to be fascinating too. Because, so just imagine, right? Because obviously I'm, I'm obsessed with COVID. Absolutely obsessed. Yes. Can't, I just can't get over it until someone's held accountable for something. Yeah. And there's so much stuff coming out even now, which 
you would think is inching towards people being held accountable. But unfortunately, there's these blockades in place, particularly in Australia and in America, which are not allowing these people to be held accountable. Mm. The first thing in the midterms in America, if the Republicans come in, they are going to investigate Fauci because the Dems have been protecting him the whole yep. time. He was their golden boy during the pandemic. In Australia, the Liberal government was the federal government in charge during COVID, and we all know about ScoMo's secret uh, portfolios and his brother being the head of APRA, which is putting pressure on the doctors and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So hopefully, if a national ICAT gets brought in, there will be some investigations into a lot of these things. I, It's coming. It's coming. It and look, to. we... I, I have spoken to people who have been very dejected. Oh, nothing's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. I said, if you plotted out on a graph the stuff that has changed in that time, yeah. it's trending the right way. Mm-hmm. It's people becoming more free to say it online. Yeah. <clears throat> People's names that we had mentioned years ago are starting to crop up yeah. in more mainstream circles. Mm-hmm. The media, I sense, is already looking for their scapegoat. Yeah. The media, my view is the media will move first before mm-hmm. before you'll hear anything. The media will decide who is going to be held accountable for it, mm-hmm. and it'll be trial by um, public opinion. Yeah, and to protect themselves, they will they'll throw someone out. And and look, that's why I think, and I'll be interested to see what you think. That's why I think every government is toppling over around the world. Mm-hmm. Now there could be a massive protest vote because no one liked the conditions that they were in. Throughout the last two yep, years, there could definitely be that. that for sure. I know that everyone's saying that Europe's going right, but I think the only reason why Europe's going right is because they were left. That's right, and therefore they switched because we yep. went from right to left. That's right. It, like you said, it's a protest vote. Protest vote. People didn't enjoy the um, the consequences of the last two years. Yeah, and therefore they just wanted something else. Yeah. Um, can't remember where I was going with this. What were we talking about? We're talking about people being held accountable and the yeah, 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 like yeah. So. Is that not the best way to find a person at fault is someone who's no longer in government? Like, we'd even predicted yeah. about, like, the Gladys, Gladys Berejiklians who jumped out. Yeah. Um, you know, do they just get out? Oh, Gunner in... Um, Michael Gunner. Michael Gunner. Yeah. I think the people who are going to be held responsible... In my opinion, this is my prediction, the people that are held responsible will be ScoMo. Yep. Because he's Gonski. Uh... Greg Hunt, the health minister, yeah, federal health minister who has resigned. Funny that, yeah. Funny, and, and that's but that's the same case around the world. So you yep. look at in Australia, you had Scomo, Greg Hunt, their team, they're out. In the UK, you had Boris Johnson, Gonski, and what was the can't remember his name, but their chief health minister who was in that video, the, the famous video we spoke about before. With the doctor. Um, yeah, who's yeah. like, I've had COVID and I don't want it, and telling him he was going to lose his job. He resigned as well. Yep. In America, you've already had Fauci announce that he's going to resign by the end of the year. Yep. Um, when he originally said he was going to at least see out Biden, either Biden's term or he was going to see out until COVID was done. Well, as we know, COVID ain't going to be done for a long time. Well, Biden said it's done. He did say it's done. But Biden doesn't know what he's talking about. And then, and then we put out, uh, we approved jabs for under six month olds. Yeah, and or for six month olds. But did you also notice that this week we have a national cabinet decided that to scrap mandatory quarantine? Yeah. Were we even still doing that? I think WA was. No, 
by the sounds of it, the entire country was supposed to be doing it. I don't think anyone's been doing it. Oh, I, no, no, but people in quarantine, I know, because there's a guy coughing his lungs up in the unit next door to me, doing my fucking head in. Got <laughs> go like, out, bro. <laughs> or leave the house. Yeah, yeah, just go to the hospital, man. No, uh, you know what's annoying when he's, um, I, I don't want to be mean, but you know when people cough, but it, the cough doesn't do anything, like it's just a tickle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not coughing up anything. Like, coughs are designed to cough up something, right? Remove yeah. stuff out of your lungs, your throat or whatever. Yeah. Whereas this guy's just coughing out of repetition now. Because mm. it's been two weeks. Yeah. Two yeah. weeks flat out. And I'm like, I had it too. Just die, bro. But I had, I'll just have a glass of water next thing. Or I might have some honey, you know. Have a lozenge. Mm-hmm. Do something. This guy's just like flat out coughing. Non-stop. Yeah, So yeah. if COVID don't kill him, I'm going <laughs> to Hey, at least it'll be logged as a COVID death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's, it's interesting how... So we've just announced that, and look, I haven't really been checking the cases and the deaths and all that sort of stuff. But by all accounts, it's worse. Stop. Well, no, it's it's worse now than it was last year. Yeah, I know, but it but it doesn't matter. Exactly no. the 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 usefulness of the COVID pandemic is over. But what I have noticed online, like you were saying, about sent public sentiment pushing the other way, something that has been thrust onto my social media a lot recently, and I reckon they must be paying for sponsored posts is a lot of Queensland Labor politicians posting up stuff about the renewable energy. Are you, have you been yeah, getting this too? Yep, because yeah. um, uh, Minister... Now, I don't know if it's the algo, if it's sponsored ads, or the fact that Malcolm Roberts, who I follow... Is commenting is on all on of them? every single one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably that. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, and you might if you're from Queensland, the Queensland Labor government politicians keep putting all this these advertising posts up, that's all I can describe them as, about their renewable energy stuff that they're doing. Like, they're doing this super grid, and they're doing this, I think, is it like seven... Oh, I, I don't get this this figure wrong, but the um, the wind power system they're doing, do you know what that's worth? No. This is riveting stuff. Um, no. But I know that every every single Queensland minister has been told on their socials to... To get it. Well, and it's not it. them, it's obviously their... Uh, their aides that are doing all this stuff. Yeah, well, they need... Like, I do better ads for auto bros than these guys are doing. Uh, bum, bum, like an bum. off-green olive background? That's not the green when people think green energy. It should be bright, vibrant green. So there's a Queensland wind farm, which is going to cost $160 million uh, in the state's Southern Downs area. Uh, bum, 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 bum. If those, if those turbines go fast enough, it might be southern ups. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, what's interesting is so they they keep posting up all the stuff, and if you just go through the comments, everyone is railing against yeah. it. Everyone, and this is the thing, like we've said before, just because we are anti the climate change hysteria doesn't mean we are anti renewable energy sources Hmm. we feel that you should have renewable energy sources absolutely however the labor government and most governments but all i can comment on is the like the queensland labor government because that's what we've been under for many years they have proven that all of these projects that they go and sign up for a ridiculous amount of money gets spent for zero return yeah i.e the well camp facility and I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod, but speaking of those quarantine facilities, 
I think WorldCamp cost, I don't know, $400 million, same as the one in Victoria, cost a similar amount. And I only just heard too recently, the Victorian, oh, sorry, the Western Australian ones only just opened and has no punters in there. And that was worth about four to $500 million too. No, I thought that one was 600. I thought ours was 200. New South, uh, Victoria's was 400. So and two, four, was six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, this is the problem. All of these things, they sound like the right thing to do at the time. And this seems to be a bit of a labor hallmark is like the liberals don't try to make anyone think it's the right thing to do. They just don't give a fuck. They'll just spend the money yeah. and they'll do the pork barrel and all that sort of stuff yeah, like yeah. John Pork Barrel Arrow. But the Labor government tried to sell it to it like this is the right thing to do because of climate change or this is the right thing to do because we need quarantine facilities, like dedicated quarantine facilities. But all it does is justify the spending of hundreds of millions of dollars worth of taxpayer money for zero return. Yeah. And one of the posts that I saw was particularly pertinent to me because I just had my solar inverter replaced last week because it just shit itself. And I think it was Stephen Miles, the Deputy Premier, put a post up saying that Queensland now has the most rooftop solar in the world. And everyone's rallying going, oh, cool, so it must mean that our energy prices are going down. Yeah, no, so dumb. Our energy prices are going literally through the roof. Yeah. So we've got more rooftop solar than anywhere in the world, and yet the cost of our energy keeps going up. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. But you just say it, and then all the people go, oh, that's great. I'm so glad I got my solar panels. Like, you get no money. It's like five cents. I think it's a five cent feed-in, and you're paying 25 cents or whatever per kilowatt hour. How does that make any sense? How is that okay? You, the punter, have spent your money to install a solar power system and you get five cents for it and the energy company gets 20 to 25 cents for it. Yeah. How does that make any sense? Yeah. It doesn't. I wonder but how if much... you say we've got the best solar grid in the world or the, the most rooftop solar in the world, all the greenies go, yay, for yeah. labor, yay. Because it sounds like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And it is. But you've got to pay people what it's worth. It makes no sense. That was, a, that was a big argument that I've had with a friend of mine who's pretty deep into this. He's set up a lot of these um, solar... Uh, he's worked on some of these solar farms. And he's like, it's such a cop-out that... Yeah, it's... It, like, if you had a solar farm, you're going to get a lot more than five cents. That's right. Feed in. Yeah, if you're a household, you don't get five cents. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's better to put a battery in and keep it all yourself. Yeah. Especially if you live in a place that has power outages. For sure. Right, because that... Uh, and, and yes, it might cost you. It's not going to be financially viable because those batteries are like, I think, five to $7,000. But you now have some power security. Uh, you don't have to worry when the power goes out because it will go out. <laughs> if we try to... If we turn off all the coal now, uh, they're going to go out. We're going to have some brownouts. If we keep on this war in... Um, if we keep staying involved in this war in Ukraine and Russia, the market price of energy is just going to be stratospheric and we'll have no option but to uh, either reduce the amount of power that we use because we are never going to generate enough to supplement uh, the coal and the natural gas that is supplied to the market, not to us directly, but supplied to the market. So that'll be... That would be my, um, that would be my advice, and I'd treat it as an insurance policy more so than a, a financial benefit. Yeah, that'd be my advice too. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gents, I just had to go to the bathroom.
because, uh, like I said, I'm a bit sick of my kids this week, so I'm having a couple of beers. <laughs> Happy days. My, my dream in life is to be able to get famous enough to go on the Joe Rogan Experience and take on Shane Gillis and the Bud Light. <laughs> Do you think you'd go well against him? Look, I, I think that he'd have me. I think I'd give him a better He's nudge a than Ari. Boy. He is oh, a yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. Ari's a little boy. Ari's very, very skinny. Uh, I I think a little bit of training, because I haven't been drinking as much because I've had children. Yeah. But if I could spend, you know, a couple of months away from the kids just drinking, I think I'd give them a nudge. Have you watched the Gillian Keeves? That just came out, I think. Oh, the new stuff. New, new season? I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it I've yet. Got, I've got to get it. I've seen all the... Uh, the <laughs> promo. The promo was great. Fantastic. Yeah. You should look that up. Gillian Keeves. Uh, they're like the... The new what Keen Peel. Better than Keen Peel. I thought Keen Keen Peel was probably the best over the last what? Ten years or something? You think? I don't I don't put him in the same stratosphere as I think you had as like a sketch sketch show you had Chappelle show is like absolute yeah, top that's of the, the tree. number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Second to Chappelle show is full frontal in Australia. Yeah, I don't I don't think that you can Compare the two because Full Frontal came at a different era. It was a different time. I don't care. I don't care. Fair enough. Key and Peel was supposed to be a copy of Chappelle Show. Mm. So that's why I don't give them any more credit because I don't think they had to try hard enough. Like, I think they got they got the benefit of Dave leaving early. If he stayed in, Probably, Key and yeah, Peel yeah. would not exist. Yeah. Still funny, though. There's yeah, some... there's some funny bits. There are some yeah. funny bits. Yeah, but Gillian Keats was fantastic. Um, while, while you go... What? True, right? Nah, nah, just keep going. <laughs> so Alex is now going for a piss too. So I'm going to start riffing on some some of the bad news that I've come up with this week because there is a fair bit of bad news going on in regards to the COVID stuff. Uh, one of the things which has become increasingly apparent to me is the amount of myocarditis data which is literally being thrown around all over the internet. And when I say all over the internet, something else which is increasingly apparent is the amount of censorship that you're seeing on particularly YouTube but other platforms as well I know that Russell Brand has got a video taken down uh, last week which is interesting because Russell Brand tries very very hard to make sure that he's not overstepping any of the lines and he is just reporting on things that were factual statements made by other people etc etc in news stories so to have videos of his being taken down because he's speaking against the COVID narrative are very interesting. Um, we didn't mention this at all uh, up until now, but we actually had one of our old videos removed uh, only a couple of weeks ago. So back at ex- episode 67.5, which was the booster pod, where we spoke about how the new boosters were coming out with the uh, blood acid regulator in it. Uh, that old episode actually got removed about, I think it was three weeks, three or four weeks ago, for, in their opinion, medical misinformation, which, again, is fascinating. So what, what's been interesting is I've literally seen this, like, tidal wave of, of videos, stories about myocarditis in men under the age of 40, which, again, is very, very much against the whole COVID narrative that we've been seeing and, and literally allowed to speak about over the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of people moving to Rumble. We might have to move to Rumble at some point. Uh, purely down to the fact that we want to be able to speak about these topics and we think that it's very important to be able to speak about these topics in an open manner and an open fashion. But it's, it is literally... Uh, what's the term? 
draconian the laws that were under that you're literally not allowed to speak about these subjects which are really really important well some anecdotal evidence is that i have a friend that i think may have it myocarditis yeah Mm -hmm. and the all the blood tests gamut of blood tests and they won't say they're just like oh no no everything sort of seems seems all right gets like a 180 beats per minute spike to his heart wakes up with a sore chest um uh like (coughs) minor um cardio will send his heart rate through the roof uh so much pain in the chest that it's like affected how high he can lift his arms really yeah so the doctor has said nothing but a personal trainer of his has said i've got heaps of vaccinated clients saying the same thing here's something which is so concerning for me out of all this stuff is so we we spoke about that study a few weeks ago the thailand one the prospective study where they had like 300 men between the ages of 12 and 29 and literally in that study 29 percent of them after vaccination showed abnormal heart conditions so some sort of um heart inflammation or something like that and out of those 30 percent I think it was somewhere around 20% of them, 20 to 25% after 90 days were still showing Mm. uh, issues and weren't cleared to go back to physical activity. And what is so concerning for me is how the governments and the media and the medical professions are trying to normalise myocarditis Mm. like it's a normal thing. It's not. Yeah especially in children. There is no such thing as a perfect recovery from myocarditis. Once you have got any sort of scarring on your heart, that never goes away. So you may have impaired function for your entire life, and in more serious cases, you'll need a heart transplant. And guess what? Not going to be that many suitable hearts around, are there? Yeah. Right? It's it's scary how we're trying to normalise. Do you think the Victorian police were trying to gather some? What, by shooting everyone with rubber bullets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they all had good hearts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why they're trying to get people to wear stars and shit. <laughs> for the organ harvesters. Yeah, Who yeah. knows? This, this video is going to get flagged for sure. Well, I want to talk... We spoke about it during the week mm. about um, another good another good channel to watch is Freddie Sayer on Unheard. Yeah. And he had a guy, a statistician, come in. And he's had a few statisticians. And they talk... They go through... Uh, the concern about the excess death number because mm. on average it looks like Europe or like the Northern Hemisphere mm-hmm. has on average 16 to 16 percent 16 excess deaths excess deaths excluding COVID deaths yeah. and I've seen like three statisticians now all kind of say the same thing mm-hmm. which which now look maybe I'm just trying to look at something that uh, uh, better aligns with what I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they say, oh, there's no um, vaccine saved millions of people. That's right. Um, and there is no evidence that says that the vaccine caused all that stuff. But yes, there's definitely a spike, but we don't know what it is, but it's definitely not the vaccines. Yeah. I, I said to you when we had the conversation about the week, we'll put the link to that Freddie Says thing so in so you can go and watch it yourself. But... The issue that I've got with statisticians is bullshit in, bullshit out when yeah. it comes to data. And we all, we all know this in anything in life. If you are trying to make um, decisions or assumptions based on data, 
you need to know that the data that's being input is quality data. And as we've seen throughout the entire pandemic, we're not getting quality data. And I'll give you an example. We know right from the beginning, anyone who had COVID around the time of death was classed as a COVID death in the beginning, which artificially inflated the amount of COVID deaths early on. Yeah, what do we say out of the first 900, wasn't it only 20% of them? Something like that. Were only because of COVID. Only attributed to COVID only. And a lot of people had secondary conditions, which yes, COVID may have um, brought them to an end sooner rather than later, However, the pri- the primary cause of death might have been cancer or something else. But that were or classic- gang shooting if you're in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, all that. Um, so that is an example of where the data input was incorrect. Same as then later on into like into the vaccine rollout when they stopped reporting the vaccination status of the COVID deaths because it didn't fit the narrative. Yeah. Right. So. Unfortunately, when you've got all these statisticians, they can only work with the official data that's. And they do input. say that they do say they all they always say this is just given the data that like yeah. we don't know the other stuff because there is no data to. Yeah, there's no vaccine versus non-vaccine. Uh, there's no vaccine versus non-vaccinated data. And that's, anywhere in the world. and don't you find that fascinating? Yeah, right. Isn't well, that a, isn't that a that. problem? <laughs> and like we've said it before that we think one of the reasons why they were pushing for 100% vaccination status so there was no control groups they yeah. could blame it on everything else and you've seen the stories that have come out over the last 12 months of um, you know extreme cold shown to increase risk of heart attack or you know uh, exercising in the morning showed to increase risk of heart also attack coffee yeah um, like stress yeah they're literally trying to blame it on anything except the thing that they made you go and get yeah which caused Excess deaths. That's right. Excess deaths. So yeah. Um, and look, we're not. We're also not saying that it's just the jabs that have caused the excess deaths. It's it's all of the COVID measures. Yeah. It's the jabs. It's the lockdowns. It's the shutting down businesses. Shutting the down businesses. On the depression because people can't be together. Like it's suicides, and again, we don't even see those numbers until it's far too late. It's all of it. And, but getting back to the point, what concerns me the most is how much they're trying to normalize myocarditis. Yeah. So if you've experienced any, like once upon a time, if you had heart pain, they would tell you to go to the hospital. That was a, no, a known thing. If you, as soon as you get any sort of heart pain, go to the hospital. And now they're just like, nah, myocarditis, like most of them is just minor. And it, like, like the majority of people recover completely and blah, blah, blah. It's bullshit. It's literally just covering for for the shit and what I'm going to say is this and like I, I know I said I think it was last week about don't just believe us because we're right about this thing well we were right about this thing so maybe just if you are vaxxed and you wake up with chest pain in the middle of the night go to the fucking hospital and get checked out what I found fascinating when we had do you mean a hospital or the tent out front of the hospital which I think whichever is available 100 million dollars or something to put tents out front yeah. we live in a very rich country uh, and we haven't put Tents in front of hospitals. Yeah, but someone's getting rich by it. The tent, yeah, the tent the supplier. Tent supplier. Yeah, yeah. Wagner's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to make enemies of these guys. <laughs> I love the Wagner Corporation. You guys are the best. Um, but that's the thing. Like, if you, like, honestly, if you have been vaccinated and if you are experiencing anything which is out of the norm for yourself, go and get checked out. What I find disgusting about your friend's situation because we spoke about this during the week 
when I, I remember telling you guys about this on the pod, uh, about, it would have been over a year ago, but I got some really bad health issues when I like huffed bird shit off this old mm. cabinet that I destroyed and threw out. One of the first things that the doctor did was give me an ECG. So it's an echocardiogram. So that's when they hook you up to all of the, I can't remember what they're called, but. I think this, this does it. Yeah, well, they, they stick all the things low to your heart and they assess things like your heart rate, your, um, if it's irregular, all that sort of thing. Just to check, because um, if you've got irregular heartbeats and stuff like that, it's a really good sign of like infections and those sorts of things. So that was normal for the doctor to do. And that's about something that like literally I went in there going, I, I didn't complain of heart pain or anything like that. But I was like, that was a normal thing to do was test that because you've told me about these symptoms. Now your mate's gone and spoken to however many doctors about heart pain and not one of them has given him an ECG. That's bonkers. It is crazy. Uh, 97 beats per minute average. My sinus rhythm. Your sinus rhythm? Yeah. Right. That's an ECG on the uh, Apple Watch. Mm. So now that's going to get sold to your health insurance company, which is going to say, oh, this resting heart rate's pretty high. Yeah. Let's charge I more. do want to say this about... I want, so I, we've often drawn on anecdotal evidence about um, vaccination. Mm-hmm. I have... I don't know if I've mentioned it here before, but I will, I will say it. I believe it does uh, help somewhat in uh, against COVID because mm-hmm. I reckon the, peop- the people in my... Um, network. Network yep. got COVID far later than I did. Okay. Or the people that weren't vaccinated when, when, when they got it compared to when the, the vaccinated people got it, I think is after. Okay. Small sample size, right? Yep. Anecdotally speaking. Ane- anecdotally. But I'd also say I know four or five vaccinated people that cannot shake a cold. Mm. And I'm talking for months. Yeah. And months. Mm-hmm. So... It, does it, does it, I know that we had mentioned probably 14 months ago that us red pillars had thought that it was only training you, the vaccine was only training you to resist COVID and nothing, like at the cost of everything else. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see some of that happening where some yeah. people just aren't getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that there, there is some, some benefit. So I, what, I what was written on the box, what was written on the box, some of it was true. Yeah, and and that's... They all like, got it. They all way. got it. They yeah. all got it. Which, again, like I saw one of the memes, which is someone holding up a sign going, if my dog's got th- three rabies shots in 12 months and still got rabies, I'd be asking questions. I like the meme, um, up to my fourth booster and only got COVID twice this year. Yeah. That was one of my What favorites. a great success. But, look, I agree with you. I... Th- and, but this is the problem when you when like we've spoken throughout the pandemic that language is very very important and one of the things that they were very very careful about saying was all their official lines uh, vaccination is the most safe and effective way to protect yourself from negative outcomes of COVID that's what they said that was the line and what like you're saying that's probably true but what that statement doesn't take into account is okay. What what are the other negative outcomes that you can experience yeah. with vaccination? So it can be it can be that it is the safest and most effective way to protect you from negative outcomes from COVID. Yeah, it can very much be that as well at the same time as oh, but it also cause this like yeah. absolute uh, 
tidal wave of negative outcomes in your system too. But it can still be the safest and most yeah, effective yeah, way to protect yourself yeah. from negative outcomes from COVID. The language is interesting. And they were very, very careful to say that all the time. So, but, but like, Brett Weinstein talks about this a lot on the Dark Horse podcast where his... Re- so my red flag, and I've said this a million times before, but my red flag was when early on in COVID, before the vaccines even came out, when we knew tens of millions of people around the world were all infected with COVID we were talking about, oh, we need to get a vaccine now, we need to get a vaccine now. That was my red flag because I was like, well, are we just writing off those tens of millions of people? Why are we talking about treatments? We should be talking yeah. about treatments first and then maybe a vaccine in the four to seven years that it normally takes to get a yeah. vaccine now. Brett Weinstein's red flag was as soon as they released the vaccines when the powers that be called them safe and effective. Because he knew, being a, a, an epidemiologist himself, he knew there was no way they could know they were safe yeah. because they don't have the data on it. So if, they, if there's no way they can know it's safe and they call it safe and effective, then there's also no way they can know it's effective. Yeah. Right? That was his red flag. So sure enough, it's not proven to be either safe nor effective. Yeah. Because we were told it would stop you from getting the disease and transmitting it. Well, the only measurement they used to for out, to measure outcomes was if you had an antibody response. Well, no, no, that wasn't it early on. So remember, at the so the if you go back to the initial phase three trial results from the Pfizer trial, the headline was 95% efficacy at preventing symptomatic infection of SARS-CoV-2. That was the headline. Yeah. So in other words, we were told 95% effective at preventing you from getting infected. Yeah. And then it's been pulled back all the time since then to now, literally, the new bivalent boosters that they're releasing based on the uh, antibody results of eight mouses. <laughs> that's all they're talking about. Mice. No, well, that's a Russell Brand joke. He calls oh, them mouses <laughs> because it sounds fucking stupid. Yeah. The same way as Sorry. basing a mass distribution of a new drug on the effects on eight mice is also ridiculous. Yeah, but if I told you it was of the hundred mice that we had or mouses that we had, but the eight yeah, the ones that survived. Yeah, 92 are already gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they literally exploded as soon as we put the... But, but that's literally... Like, that is the... Like, pre-COVID, pre... Because a lot of people do things out of fear when the when there is a threat. So pre-COVID, if you would have gone up to someone and said, hey, not only do we have this brand new drug that's out, but it's only been tested on eight mice, and to do certain jobs, you have to take it. (laughs) Everyone would be like, "Uh, are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not doing that. And yet now, we've gone from 95% effective at preventing symptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infection to... We tested this bivalent booster on eight mouses and therefore it's all good because they made antibodies because that's all they tested for. Go take it. It's wild, dude. But it just shows... And I wonder, the the other thing too, how much natural... uh, How much anti... Like how many antibodies are available out there for free? Like Gatesy said it, that... Omicron has been the best vaccine. The best vaccine, yeah. yeah. It did a better job at vaccinating the people than yeah. vaccines. Did. You're gonna get it. We all got it. But also, like they they said they were gonna release the um, Omicron booster back in March. Mm. It's now September. So now they're gonna release a booster based on BA four and five. And guess what's gonna happen next? 
It's going to be BA6. Yeah. BA7. I love it how they always leave at the end, like... Oh, that's assuming it doesn't get any worse. That's right. Yeah, they leave the door open. Yeah, and it's never got worse. <laughs> it's never got worse. It's never got worse. It's only gotten more um, transmissible, but less deadly. Every yep. step, bomb, 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 bomb. Right. So there's yeah. a trend line that goes one way. Yeah. Yet they always target like, or oh, it could go the other way. I know it hasn't, and it yeah, won't. Yeah, it could. But like this is the most safe and effective way to protect you from BA four and five. And look, it will be. You should go and do it. It'll be a hundred percent effective as long as uh, another variant doesn't come out. Yeah, or, yeah. And like I said to you a few weeks ago, notice how when we haven't been pumping people full of boosters, as soon as the mandates disappeared in most industries or to go and do most things, the booster rate completely dropped off a cliff, and we've had no new variants. Yeah, funny that. Now, we've got this bivalent booster, which is based on BA4 and 5. I guarantee you we'll see more variants. Because, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that this bivalent booster is being released now. Because in Australia, we're a small market. We look at the world completely differently because of the seasons. But the bivalent booster is being released now as America and the UK come into their flu season. Yeah. Ain't a coincidence. Yeah, we're going to ride on that, that fear-mongering. That's right. They're the big markets. And then next thing you know, they'll boost everyone up, there'll be a new variant that comes out, and they'll have a terrible flu, flu season. Not, I don't think it's going to... I think it's going to be hard-pressed to keep pushing the fear. Maybe in America, because Biden's still got another two years in him. So he definitely could, and he's got the most to gain. Biden's term has another two years to run. I don't know if he's got yeah. two years But, in like, uh, in the UK, I think the palms are over it. I think they're done. Which is, yeah. And and they've got the excuse trust is there and she might she might read the writing on the wall and say, okay, maybe maybe we don't need to, um, maybe we just have to kick on. Because they kicked on hard and I spoke to a person that was living in the UK during everything and although there were very strict rules, yep. no one really abided by them. Well, do you know what's interesting too? When you're saying how like no one gives a shit anymore. So I haven't looked at the COVID live data for a long, long time because it's just not been relevant. It's not being updated anymore. <laughs> the, there's one state in Australia that's still updating data. Which state do you think it is? WA? Victoria? Victoria. Because um, I remember saying months ago that we had clicked over 10 million cases. And now we're, we're apparently only at 10,239,000. <laughs> and when you look at like the actual hospitalizations... Well, sorry, no. Put it this way. Uh, in... In Australia, according to the COVID live data, there's only been 1,426 new cases in Australia. And hospitalizations, uh, there's actually been a reduction of eight people hospitalized. This, like, today. Right. So in, in the hospital in Australia at the moment, there appears to only be 1,555 COVID cases and 45 in the ICU. How are we going to have enough beds? Well, what if two? How people much do you hear about the hospital system and the news being fucking broken, and waiting lists? And I saw something in Victoria recently, uh, last couple of days. Apparently, some neurosurgery patient is going to have to wait nine hundred days to be seen by a neurosurgeon for like life saving surgery. There's only fifteen hundred. Wow. Did you hear about the um, doctor, Doctor Tao? No. Oh. oh, let's go. He, you'll remember him. He's a famous um, neurosurgeon. 
right. Australian neurosurgeon. He used to be all over the news um, back in the day. He does amazing work. He's won all these awards. Okay. He's had his license to practice removed. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, he is saying that it's because... This happened last year. Okay. So he's just coming out now because yep. he's moved to another country and he's doing work for free. Oh, shit. He said it's because there's um, people, other surgeons, were getting such a bad rap because of the amazing work that he was doing that they've started a cabal to get rid of him. The really? complaints from other surgeons. But he's really at like the forefront of of um, that of his field. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, they, they didn't even consult with him. They just removed it. No, they said, okay, you can... You can perform surgeries but you have to get it signed off by another surgeon that meets xyz criteria mm-hmm. and none of them would sign off on it right so this is this is something else that's interesting which i heard about this week which is relevant in california have you heard about california's new law oh the, uh, the social media one no california approves bill to punish doctors who spread false information yeah yeah. Uh, so weighing into the fierce national debate over COVID-19 prevention and treatments, the state would be the first to try a legal remedy for vaccine disinformation. So this article is from the New York Times, uh, right-wing conspiracy theorist article. <laughs> uh, so I'll just read a little bit. Uh, here we go. Trying to strike a balance between free speech and public health. <laughs> Uh, California's legislature on Monday approved a bill that would allow regulators to punish doctors for spreading false information about COVID-19 vaccinations and treatments. I guess that would include all the doctors who said that it would stop you from getting COVID over the last two years. <laughs> yeah. The legislation, if signed by Governor Gavin Newsom, which he has yeah, since signed, yeah. would make the state the first to try to legislate a remedy to a problem that the American Medical Association, among other medical groups and experts, says has worsened the impact of the pandemic resulting in thousands of unnecessary hospitalizations and deaths. The law would designate spreading false or misleading medical information to patients as, in quotes, unprofessional conduct, subject to punishment by the agency that licenses doctors, the Medical Board of California. That could include suspending or revoking a doctor's license to practice medicine in the state. While the legislation has raised concerns over freedom of speech, the bill's sponsors said the extensive harm caused by false information requiring are required holding incompetent or ill-intentioned doctors accountable. Even just the fact that you're referring to doctors as ill-intentioned is dystopian. It's not uh, social media pundits. It's doctors. Listen to this next bit in quotes. In order for a patient to give informed consent, they have to be well-informed, said State Senator Richard Pan, a Democrat, funnily enough, from Sacramento and co-author of the bill. A paediatrician himself and a prominent proponent of stronger vaccination requirements, he said the law was intended to address, in quotes, the most egregious cases, end quote, of deliberately misleading patients. California's legislation reflects the growing political and regional divisions that have dogged the pandemic from the beginning. Other states have gone in the other direction, seeking to protect doctors from punishment by regulatory boards, including for, uh, for advocating treatments involving hydrochloric... Uh, we should... These are all the bleep words that YouTube doesn't allow because I'll leave those out. We don't want to get another video removed. Can I just say something? Uh, I just <laughs> I just pulled up USA facts. Okay, yep. uh, what state had the most amount of COVID deaths? Had the most total. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's California. Uh, it'd be California, ninety four thousand nine hundred seventy two, and that's the where was Florida on the list? Third. <laughs> yeah, so they've also got the oldest population, yeah, oldest demographic. Texas second wild so it goes like left left state right state right state 
left. left. Yeah, New York was next. I don't know what Pennsylvania is. Who's the Who's the best? Oh, it'll be it'll be Utah. I bet. Arizona, maybe. Oh, Utah's just toward, towards the bottom. Vermont. Vermont. Alaska. Ala- oh, Alaska makes sense. Alaska should be last. Hawaii, one. No, what's that? No, that's, say, 1,600. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. But what, what's funny, too, when I was reading through that about these draconian laws that California's just bringing in, it just sounds like Australia. Yeah. That's, that's literally what Australia did the entire t- pandemic. If you were a doctor and spoke against the COVID narrative, you would get your license removed. Yeah. So I, I, I read that. said to me by my doctor. Yeah. I know. I did work at a doctor's house who, speaking off the record, said the exact same thing to me. He'd already been threatened himself. And he's like, don't get it. Like, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Look, it's wild. And, and like you were saying, I, I feel like the tide has definitely turned in the right direction. What I'm saddened about is it is too late for a lot of people. There was um, something I saw recently about... I can't remember exactly who was involved, but there was this group in America who had um, victims of vaccine adverse event injuries, serious ones, who were allowed to speak to some... I don't know if it was a federal uh, health minister or whatever... And now, for a start, he wouldn't see him face-to-face. He would only do it by Zoom. Bit of a dick move. But secondly, there was, like, the families of... Was he wearing a mask on the Zoom? Oh, I'm sure he was. But, no, there was, like, a family of, like, a 14-year-old girl who would be in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. There was a family who had lost a 16-year-old son. Athletic son never had a health health issue in his life. Who had a fucking stroke and died. Wow. Like, so what you were saying before about... The vaccinations may, in fact, give you a better outcome from COVID, but at what cost? And as a global people, we have been denied the information. So, yep. like, this dude's literally saying, oh, to give informed consent, people need to be properly informed. Well, guess what? We've not been told about what's the fucking cost associated with taking these vaccines for a slight benefit in, in COVID response. Yeah. And look, I've had the same anecdotal experience as you. I've got someone who's close to me who's older, who was very pro-vaccination. And when my family got COVID, they got COVID at the same time and they recovered from it much faster than we did, which you would assume being an older person that they wouldn't mm. do that. So they think, oh, I, I recovered faster because I got the vaccination. And that might be right. Mm. It absolutely might be right. But what's the cost? Yeah. We don't know what the cost is. We will though. Because it's going to come out 5, 10, 15 years from now. It'll be five years. That's, that's my prediction. Unfortunately, too late for a lot of people, and especially kids. But we just, need to, we, just need to, we just need to be more onto it when they try to do this again. We need to well, be like less trusting change. of the government. Like climate change. Yeah. Which is what's been pushed now, which we said almost 12 months ago they would move to after COVID. Yep. And they're absolutely pushing climate change. Oh, I do want to talk about that. Um, I should have brought it on early because I, I, I doubt... I mean, thank you for the people that have, have lasted this long. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I think big tech's in on it, on the climate change really? uh, thing. But, but in, a, in a way that's even naughtier than what you think. Okay. I got a warning on my uh, iPhone about severe weather. Yeah. That was seven minutes worth of light rain. Yeah. And I have a feeling that's like, remember I had the one where I searched on my map, I was trying to get directions yep. and it had severe weather all over it. Yep. There was no severe weather. I think they're trying to redefine what we think is severe weather. You know what this is? It's, not, it's nudge, nudge technology. 
It is nudging people. So I get the same thing. Um, for did you, did you see Rebel put up on a, a weather warning, big weather warning um, to shed it? And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Rain bomb. They rain used rain bomb, bomb again. Yeah. And I thought, happy days, because I've just prepped my lawn over the last few days. Yeah. I went out and aerated it. I bought some of those aeration, they're like spike shoes that you put on the bottom of your boots. And I like walked around, aerated all my soil. I put weed and feed out the back. I was like, sweet, because it had been two days since I did that. And you're supposed to water it in on the second day. I'm like, happy days, there's going to be a rain bob, it's going to water it in. Perfect. we got like five minutes of heavy yeah. rain. That's it. I had to go and water my lawn afterwards. Yeah. Bullshit. But you're right. This is nudge technology. So yeah. we've talked about nudge units, fuck, 18 months ago. Yeah. That's what this stuff is. It is, and you're right, they are in the, a big cabal, big tech, big government, uh, big pharma. They're all in this stuff together. And big tech is being used because they have the most access to us every single day. Mm -hmm. So the mainstream media tells you that there's a rain bomb coming. And then big tech sends you a notification going, severe weather warning Mm -hmm. for your area. Even though the weather never shows up. Yeah. But you get these weather warnings all the time. And then the TV goes, oh, due to climate change, uh, there's been a massive increase in the amount of severe weather we've been experiencing. And you go, oh, yeah, I remember seeing all these notifications. I get one every day for yep. the past three weeks. Totally. There must be all this severe weather that's happening. Look, it's not in my house, but obviously they, they send the um, the warnings out to everyone. But it's just not at my house that it's happening. It must be just down the road or something like that. So you think it's nudging you towards thinking the weather's becoming more severe. It's getting hotter. Hey, it's, some, it's spring now. It ain't that hot. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. It ain't that fucking hot at the moment. It ain't that wet. We've had a couple of rainy days, but it ain't that wet. It's, but we're being nudged towards thinking it's more severe, more severe. So then when the Queensland government comes out and goes, hey, great news, we're creating this wind farm, which is going to cost X amount of hundreds of millions of dollars. Everyone goes, sweet, sign us up. How much of that money has gone to the Wagner Corporation in a commercial and confidence deal? Yeah. Or who? But I, I want... The, li- the f- two listeners that are left at this point, <laughs> I want you to keep an eye out on your phone and maybe on the news to see what sort of... Uh, are you seeing the same thing that I'm seeing? Because I I don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> I think... But I think a severe weather warning for something that is five minutes worth of rain... And don't forget, we've had a school shutdown... Um, months ago after, uh, after the floods for no rain. These were the things that we want. It's a crisis. Think about what they got you to do with COVID with a point, 0.1% death rate. What can they do with a climate catastrophe, which as far as they're concerned is going to destroy the entire planet? Imagine what they can do. And I'm not going to give Jason the time to to kick on, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. I wrapped it up.